And we are now completely live. Welcome to episode... John? I have no earthly idea. I have no clue. I think we're on episode 24. 24? 24. We are on episode 24. Uh, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, let us know. Uh, do a quick shout out. I have to reset something, which I which I don't really like the way this works um, on Facebook because I have to copy the URL each individual time it comes in so I can get the chat on there, which is okay. I, I do this because I love everybody. This is my lot in life. So, John, while I'm doing this, you want to talk about our patron real quick and, and our sponsor because we got to get that out of the way before they beat us across the head. God, I was right. It actually is episode 24. Sweet. Uh, patron. Patreon.com slash more than dice, I'm sure. What? Uh, check us out. Uh, we get uh, You get the pre-ramble at the basic level. And then uh, at the higher levels, you get uh, Kathy's videos with her painting. I think she did OSL this time. Uh, no, painting red and blue flames and also uh, worked on her lava base. She went the opposite direction as I did on the lava. Uh, and it's a two-parter. Okay, fire base and a fire model. Gotcha, part one. Mm -hmm. um, you also get dice. Don't forget dice at the $2 level. Um, you get my minis and movies. At the $15 level, you get... We'll do a raffle for all the $15 subscribers. One of them gets a free model painted by Kathy, who I uh, learned, much to my chagrin, that I didn't know that uh, she's won gold demons and stuff. Yes. Kathy is actually... And we're actually going to be giving away uh, one of her models on the podcast for our 15-plus levels. Um, she is an incredible painter, guys. So if you want to win a model by her, uh, join us on the Patreon. Sign up for that. Um, also, at uh, we've been releasing a lot of live stuff, um, a lot of free oh, yeah. stuff for y'all. Um, I'm gonna be doing a review on an RPG pretty soon, uh, and a board game pretty soon. Um, John is of course gonna have minis and movies pretty soon, and we got a new Super Bear this week or next week. Uh, Sewer Bear is recording Saturday unless things go to hell, because like I said, I got one player out, so okay. if another one goes out, I might have to nix the session. We'll see. Depends on who it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also on that, we want to thank Broken Egg Games, if I can get my finger on the screen right over oh, there. Yeah. Broken Egg Games is a sponsor of this section. They're actually going to be sponsoring the painting section. Um, guys, if you play War Machine Hordes, or you play role-playing games, L5R uh, card game, or you play any... Uh, X-Wing and stuff, they have great token sets. Uh, they're official producers of the War Machine and Horror token sets, which I really like their stuff because it's nice and easy and big. Oh, and yeah, yeah. They're it looks big. sweet, too. Yes, which is really, really good. Um, also, if you noticed, in our corner box over here, that's not Kathy. No. Kathy, we didn't polymorph her. Not Kathy. Um, if you're new, this is Jackie. Jackie is going to be joining me. She's one of my players on the new Star Wars RPG that we're going to be streaming live. Um, what? <laughs> Did you see who's in the Facebook one? It is chilly. What the hell? I don't know what to say. What? How are we grace? All right, all right we bow down. Thank you, Chili. <laughs> you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I know. Definitely not drinking enough. <laughs> so let's go back. Uh, Jackie is joining us today. Kathy had to go to the Stupor Bowl and hang out with some friends. So, of course, we're going to let her go have, you know, fun. And we are going, we, I invited Jackie on. Uh, like I said, she's going to be playing in the new Starburst RPG I got going, which we will be streaming on Wednesdays. Um, 
So uh, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, so she's going to join us to talk about RPGs because we got a lot of information to go through. So we got to get her drinking out of the way. Uh, Jackie, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking Ice House. So you hate your life. <laughs> I do. <laughs> if you drink it really fast, you forget why you're drinking it. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty much. John, what you got? Uh, well, I'm going to throw off with a shot of the uh, Loco Nut from Captain Morgan. Oh. Then followed up. I've got uh, Sprite mixed with the uh, Jim Beam Apple, which I'm going to try for the first time. We'll see how that goes. Oh, nice. It's good. And in, and in um, honor of playing role-playing games and talking about role-playing games, I'm going to drink some Dragon Milk, which is uh, aged stout uh, in bourbon barrels. So... Um, this stuff is really good. I was kind of, you know, iffy because it said dragon's milk and I was worried about it. So, <laughs> guys, thanks for joining us. Make sure you take care of yourself. Check us out. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. That's good. That's tasty. That's real good. All right. So. It's not. <laughs> 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 so other than that guys um i'm gonna do some painting while we talk about this um so john why don't we get started with um the difference between role-playing now and role-playing then and how it's changed based on technology so i'm gonna move the camera watch out for the flight cam i'm gonna switch over in just a minute solo paint cam that's actually a really good start to the topic because yeah. Um, even just in a handful of games, let's use uh, the two biggest examples I know of would have been, uh, even though Jackie didn't like it, D&D 4th Edition. The Wizards Online uh, character builder was an amazing boon for that. What? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's just so much easier to to make a character that way than having to write out your cards. You're like, little like uh, pick some stuff, hit a button, print, cut a little bit, we're done. Uh, it took what was uh, really a somewhat tedious prospect and made it uh, easier. So, I mean, that's that's great. Um, a couple other games have character builders, but I'm honestly, in my opinion at least, you're going to disagree, of course, because you're about to start a game on Skype. <laughs> uh, it, it hasn't really changed much for me beyond that. Uh, I mean, I play Champions, which is uh, rumored to be one of the most complicated games in the history of mankind. It's really untrue. It's... Making a character is a bit of an ordeal, but uh, there's a character builder for that now, and it's super easy. But that being said, it's one of those things. You know the game after a certain point. You don't need that because you know all the rules in your head. But, uh, yeah, Ooh, I, fix I, my I, camera. I have a very different take on this from the, uh, from the Skype perspective. Because, honestly, otherwise, I find – I don't want to say technology is a detriment, but it actually uh, – it's a little hit or miss because cell phones at the table are a problem. Why? Uh, distraction. Oh. I mean, it's great for when you're getting one-on-one -on -one with somebody and they can be quiet and do something and not be, you know, bugging. I mean, I had to sit through an entire eight-hour gaming session once and only to show up at the last, say, 45 minutes. Because sometimes that's just the way the game goes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, nowadays they can send their phone. But on the bad side, you get text, you get all that stuff. Not that stuff we had to worry about when we were younger. No, I, I agree. Don't have to worry about it. But... It, with everybody having their busy life nowadays, 
I can see the reason why everybody's like wanting to play Skype games. They're using Skype to play RPGs. Because um, that was one of the things I was trying to figure out what to do whenever I was doing this. I'm trying to fix the camera, guys. So we all get a good picture. Um, y'all can see what I'm painting. Which, if I can get enough money, I will buy a second camera so I don't have to do this every single time. And it won't stay focused. All right, watch this. Um, yeah, technology, well, we don't have it. Let me do an autofocus so, and see if that works. I mean, Skype games, my, my, so our local mega group, if you will, where you say you're running a game and you get nine, ten people coming up to play. Uh-huh. Untenable. Split into two smaller groups. And one of them, one of the guys, the GM, is in Brazil right now. So they're actually playing occasionally by Skype which apparently is working pretty well. So, I mean, it's all good. It's just not something I've had to experience yet. I can tell you stories of a while for my long-standing uh, Champions games where I don't want to say it was the only game in town, but I was the only one of the few games in town. So all the local group was like, you know, I had a waiting list of players to get in, which is crazy. Yeah. At one point, I'm like, you know, I've got like 70 of you guys on this waiting list. Why don't you guys make your own game? Gotcha. Uh, but Skype would help with that because they would because some people are like, well, you know, my normal group moved, I moved over here, I don't keep touch. Now you can just, oh well, just get in touch with them. I mean, it's right there at your fingertips, at your computer. Uh, as long as you can keep the distractions down, it's super good. I agree. Um, one of the things is I was looking when I was decided I wanted to do this game and I put it out as a Facebook thing uh, to ask if they wanted to join was looking at you know programs and I saw that Roll Twenty program. Uh, thing for it, and it was actually pretty neat. It was really cool. I don't have the money to pay for it, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, guys, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work on the browns today, so I'm going to work on the boots and the cloak because um, I actually am going to do the fur a grayish white, and uh, so that's what we're working on today while we're talking about this, like the belt and like that this little cool. rope, the standard. Um, and I thought that was interesting to do but i don't have the money for that and so i was like we'll just do it on skype and you know use xsplit and go for it mm -hmm. so other than that uh because even even talking and asking i had about 12 people that said they wanted to play and i put up two different games and i said you know i'm going to play blades in the dark which is a thief run campaign or i'll run a star wars one and i got enough people for both that i thought was interesting uh, we did have conflicting problems with, um, uh, what was it, uh, the Star Wars. One person couldn't play when everybody else played, and he, did, he understood that he just couldn't do that, so he didn't have a problem with it. Sorry, Zeke. Um, and then the Blades group, they all just kind of disappeared and decided not to do it. So I was like, that's a common thing. I only mean, had like one person that was able to do it, and I was like, um, sorry. Um, oh yeah, that that, that happens, honestly that happens even with your regular, if you will, in real life games. Correct. Too. It still. I, I just thought that was interesting. It still happens, and still works like that. Um, adults is tough. Yeah, I mean we've like all got busy schedules. We I all mean, work. Honestly, at the in my younger days, there was a point where I was playing in two games and running three others in a five day week. Yes. In a seven day week, it's like. What university you live in? It's, it's crazy. Hell, you know. Shh. John's a time traveler. Planet. Yeah. I was on a different planet. He's a time traveler. We know it. Oh, I mean, um, I travel through time at the same rate you do. This is not working out. But, uh, 
But, you know, nowadays with, you know, I don't want to say real jobs, but real jobs. Jobs. I mean, when you run a game store, you know, having a role-playing group every night is not a problem. You're there anyway. You just kind yeah. of show up and play. But when you have a real 9-to-5 job and other stuff, it gets a lot more difficult. And you get conflicting actors. I mean, honestly, uh, one of my players in Sewer Bear hasn't been able to show up for two weeks. So the joke is that evil Sewer Bear hit him so hard, uh, she knocked him into two campaign sessions away. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, sickness happens. People just can't make it. You know, trips happen. You know, when you're when you're younger, it's it, you know sometimes role-playing is the focus of your life. week. Yep. So you get everything else done the rest of the days, and the role-playing, like, I have to be there. And that's how I was brought up. I said, well, here's the sounds. My roping group's like, you know, this is a commitment. You've got to make it and all that. They're pretty hardcore on that. Uh, I don't think I would ever lay that rap on anyone nowadays. That's crazy. But uh, it is hard to get a group together. So, I mean, Skype. Got to be good because you don't all have to be in the same spot. So you can find people all over the place. You can do role play with people who are out of the country, which is cool. Yeah. And, and that was kind of the reason, I mean... I, I went with that. I didn't try to go with local because I already know local guys and then we've tried getting games together and they haven't been able to get together and do stuff. So, I mean, I was like, uh, let me see if I can find some, you know, random one. And that's where I, well, Jackie and I have been Facebook friends. We, you know, like typical Facebook friends, we know each other, we look at each other's stuff, but we never meet, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. It's the best way to put it. Um, and that's where I started getting to know her and we started, you know, talking about the game and she's like stupid, crazy, enthusiastic about it, which I love when my players are crazy about the game. The problem is I'm just crazy in general. Okay. Um, we can go yeah, with that. Facebook is a really good technology point that links a lot of people together with games. Uh, I see a lot of people posting in groups looking for a game. So-and-so night can connect with XO people and, it's nice to see even strangers get together like that. Absolutely. Um, and Or uh, even some, one of my local guys, uh, he'll post, like, I'm running this game, then prep for a con, and invite everyone he knows who role plays. And then just see who's interested in all that and talk it out. Just a, a little Facebook event. Uh, Facebook's really good for that. Uh, I am, unfortunately, at the problem of one of my players doesn't have Facebook. Oh, yeah. Facebook. He's too cool. Oh, no, no, quite, quite the opposite. He's too antisocial for that. Too antisocial for Facebook? Not Brushhead Dave is a slightly antisocial person. Ah, uh, uh, gotcha. But uh, he still comes and plays. I can still get in touch with him, but it's, it's, so I, I noticed how hard it is sometimes to throw those questions out. Like, I'm like, oh, everyone, what do you think of this, this, and this? And I'm like, and let me ask Dave separately in a separate way. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, I mean, Facebook's super good for that. And I imagine even more so, I guess in your guys' case, you're getting together a Skype group of people you haven't even met. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tim Banky is part of the group, and I've known Tim Banky for a while. Everybody uh, knows Tim Banky. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's not that big of a problem. Uh, one of the other guys, Max, he's one of my, used to be locals. He had to move away for a job. Um, so, you know, that wasn't too hard to, to get a hold of. Uh, Jackie was the one that was, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, maybe she's just voting because she thinks it's cool and just whatever. And then when I set out the thing, you know, she was all into it, which I'm really cool and really glad that she did because she's actually started pushing some of my other guys 
to make up and do some really cool and interesting things with their characters. Yeah, got to keep them in line. Yeah, because um, we've been doing a lot of, of background information and getting stuff ready. Um, so, and I think that's interesting that you know technology, because back when I was role playing, it was just meet someone randomly, you know, at a game store or you know through friends, and then you try to find people that were ready, and then you can find a group. Uh, John, I cannot check uh, Facebook by the, or can't look at any chat. So if anybody comes up, let I'm, me know. I'm on it. Okay, I'm on it. So I have to, you know, it was it was through all that. Um, so I, I think with the technology, it's been really, really good. I think it actually, because I was looking, like I said, I was looking at that Roll20, and people were like, you could join a game there. It was, you know, click to learn, you know, or find a game of XYZ, and you could join it. I thought that was really interesting. Um, who would have thought, um, you know, you could have, uh, you could do that I when I was a how kid. Much does it, how much does it cost to run a game on there? I, I haven't looked. Um, well, it, they have a you know a fee schedule. Like if you pay this much a month, you get to do this extra with the game, or you get okay. to add this stuff. And like, it's not it's like a hundred dollars a year for all for everything. But it's really not bad. I mean, so no. the smallest role playing group I would really consider is three players and a GM. That's four people. Yeah. That's twenty five bucks a year. It's not even a thing. Yeah, um, but you get you get the ability to stream music, throw up maps, you know, all that really cool, you know, technological thing. Um, have character sheets available on screen. I mean, so it's got a lot of cool things to it. There's nothing wrong with it. I just, you know, I'm poor white trash, so I have to be careful with my money. Oh, so I said you got to get the, get all the players in together with it. I mean, it's, yeah. that's an easy thing for all of you to uh, share the burden on. Correct. Especially if you're going to play something that's going to be a year-long campaign or something oh, yeah, that's going to be that. You can't do it on a whim. You've got to get people who are serious. And honestly, it, this sounds weird. It's the same idea we have with leagues. As soon as someone pays money, it's more serious it's less just oh i'm just gonna do what i want to do for you know a little bit and then drop out correct it's i put money into this i should get my most out of it yeah it's definitely motivating yeah yeah because everybody drops out of leagues like crazy unless they play pay money we all know that oh i'm trying to remember the name of this damn thing there's a website i use that uh, basically lets you make a free blog about your game that's cool um I don't remember what it was because it was under one of my other... I had a separate email account back in the day for just role-playing stuff, Uh which I have not been on in a long, long time. (laughs) Your old Yahoo. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have lots of Yahoo accounts. I mean, but it's a really old one. Not that old. I I actually do still have MySpace page. I'm not going to lie. I haven't checked it in a while, but but it was a cool... There's there's websites out there. Like, there's one... Like I said, I really forget what it was called, but uh, it lets you create a blog and... I would have my players uh, rotate through writing up a, a summation of, from their character's view of what happened. And I would go in and add the links of the places and all. And just they'd have a little thing they could look at and yeah. figure out what stuff is. If you're making your own world, that kind of thing is great because it gives them a We're resource if they want to get further. So. But I, I would say role-playing is probably one of the... Uh, games that has been the most hesitant to actually introduce technology into it. Yes. I agree with you on that. Um, because a lot of old, old role players are old grognards and that newfangled stuff ain't gonna work for us. 
What? So the drag is kicking and screaming in. Yeah. Um, with that, uh, Jackie, you, I'm not, I'm not dissing your thing, but you're pretty young, so. <laughs> I am a little young. Yeah, younger compared to us. And you've been, how long have you been role playing? Oh my goodness. Uh, pretty long time. Uh, since I was a pretty young child, I would say I really got into it when I was 13. I had a so, Dungeon Dragons club in school. Uh, six years ago? From there. Yeah, yeah, three months. <laughs> Yikes. It's rough in here, too. Uh, Obsidian Portal is what it was called. Apparently, it's still there. Now, your D&D one that you do, um, Jackie, is that face-to-face -face local group? Or it is. That is. A uh, it's a very old local group. Uh, we've been getting... getting been getting together for years we're actually considering skyping in one of our characters they live in maryland now and for us being in pennsylvania it's a little bit of a drive for a session every week uh -huh. so we may do the whole laptop at the table uh with their face on it uh, so there's another way to try to augment it there we'll have to make a little little outside person to put the, the screen on for their face cool um with that, let's talk about role-playing games in general. Um, we have our favorites that we like to play that are, you know, definitely 100%. I will always play this if someone puts it up. And so, Jackie, what's your favorite RPG to play? Dark Heresy. Uh, it's the, the, the Black Industry Fantasy Flight one. Uh, I want to say it came out probably around 2008-ish. Uh -huh. Could be wrong. Uh, it's really good, though. Plays an acolyte. You work for an inquisitor. Very uh, future, cathedralic, you know, 40k world going on there. Yeah. Very dark. Oh, 2008 on the dot. Is well it? Well done. Well I, done. I turned 18 that year. I remember being an adult buying Fuck. my first book with my real money there. <laughs> my big girl money. <laughs> <laughs> she impresses me and stabs me in the heart at the same time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, well, speaking of Dark Heresy, I would say my favorite actually wouldn't be the core. You need Dark Heresy to play the other ones, but I think my favorite out of that genre would be Rogue Trader, which was kind of like if you were a Star Trek, you know, special captain of a ship character going through the warp. Oh, so many horrible, chaotic things happened to so many people. <laughs> many lives were lost. <laughs> John? What's your um, must-play all the time? Uh, well, it's one that I have not played in, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say 15 years, but that's probably been more than that. Uh, it's actually uh, Champions, a.k.a. the Hero System. Okay. Uh, superhero in general, though you can do it for anything. I've played feudal Japanese in it, played science fiction in it, played a bunch of stuff in it. Um, I just like, like the versatility and, uh, I mean, literally... I can do anything with it. Yeah. Uh, there's a website out there that does a lot of stuff for uh, for it. And a uh, guy collected all the sci-fi stuff he could. He, I've got a bunch of Robotech conversions on there so that people can play Robotech if they want with it. Um, uh, I love the heck out of it. It's what I'm running right now for Sewer Bear. Uh, I just don't ever get a chance to play it. <laughs> the life of a GM. It, it is. Uh, life of a GM is definitely difficult. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, you get through. 
Uh, what is your favorite, Gonzo? Uh, my favorite, and I did the review of it, is Earth Dawn. Um, I will always offer to run an Earth Dawn campaign. I will always play an Earth Dawn campaign when I can. Um, because I like the system. Uh, the dice mechanic system. I like, um, how the world is. Because it's, it's a fantasy game. And for people who don't know, uh, Earth Dawn was originally made by Fossa, uh, back mm-hmm. in the day. And I, yeah, and I have a review on it on our Facebook page if you are on our uh, YouTube channel. Um, if you want to hear my review of it, because a new edition came out, uh, which I got to play at uh, Gen Con with the designers, which was really fun. Um, and it's got a really good magic system, the world is really good, you know, everything's really good about it. It actually puts the characters in a good position. Uh, it it really benefits characters to do certain things outside of who they are and everything. Um, it actually is a lot of fun. They've got a really good story system built into it. I'm trying to concentrate here too. I don't mess all this stuff up. Shh. Shh be very, very quiet. I'm painting minis. <laughs> um, and then <clears throat> on top of that, <clears throat> there's a lot of good supplements. Uh, a lot of good things that can go with it. Uh, you could actually do the original system if you wanted to, or if you wanted to, you know, just do the new edition, which came out recently. Um, I'm not sure what edition it's called, but they did a Kickstarter, and you can get it uh, still. It's fairly cheap. Um, not a lot of resources online for it because it went through a lot of editions. Yeah, it, different it was, companies. It never really, it never really hit as big as fast as other games, honestly. Well, no. Sorry, let's see. It never hit as big as Shadowrun. Correct, and if you don't know. Earthon is the original world, and then Shadowrun hit after it. I did not know that. Yeah, it is actually the same world, by the way. I think Earthon's actually in the future, mm. Mm. isn't it? Isn't the seventh world? For our saying, it was Earthon and then. Um, I, I remember it being opposite, but I mean, you know, I, I could be wrong too. I don't. It's his favorite. He would know. Yeah, don't don't judge me. Um, but it is the same universe and same world. Um, other than that, I really like it. It's a ton of fun. It's got a lot of good um, game mechanics that I really like. It has a lot of um, cool magic ability system. Um, because you just don't pick up a plus two longsword and you get to swing it and hey, it's a plus two longsword. Uh, magic items have their own, and I want to say this right, own soul to be, per se. Uh, you have your mundane stuff like magic, you know, healing potions and stuff, but like a good magic sword has its own story and history. And if you find out about the story and the history, you can make it more powerful and conduct deeds with it. Um, for example, there was a bow that one of the deeds you had to do with it is give the bow back or give your, give the bow to your worst enemy. And if your worst enemy does, you know, something with the bow and then they give it back to you willingly, you get like a huge reward on the weapon, but also a huge amount of experience points, which like, Hey, they call legend points. Um, so a lot of weapons have that type of ability. Um, 
it uh, there is no healer in the game. Everybody can heal themselves. Just whether they can heal themselves in combat or not is a different story. Um, combat super deadly, super good. Uh, magic users are really, really powerful, but they have to cast magic in a certain way or they call down astral creatures that can kill you in just a blink of an eye. Um, what else? Very vibrant world. Super, super good on history. So if you like good history on the world, oh, was, uh, you'll like it. That was fast as a staple is just having really good, deep histories. Yeah. Because we look, they started with Battletech, and Battletech has more history than shit half the role playing games nowadays. Yeah. And that was a minis game, not even like yeah. practically a board game. <laughs> no, yeah, that was. Jeez, oh, this camera's pissing me off. So, uh, you want to talk about some more games we like, or you want to go into some questions? We only have like a handful right now, so. Um, I like more games. <laughs> yeah, there's a ton of games we can talk about. Trust me. Um, what's, your, uh, what's your number two, Jackie? Oh, man, I'm going to have to go for overall experience for my second favorite, and that's going to actually be Mouse Guard, which is a little oh. less known. It's just it's it's amazing. so exciting. It's so fun. And that, what is it, the burning wheel system or something like that? It's just yeah. really different. It's just, I don't know. I really, really enjoy that one. Yeah, it's very deaths, cool, very flavorful. It is, and when a character dies in that game because they're a mouse, it's just so much more hurtful. I mean, I killed a dragonborn last night by accident in D&D and laughed, uh, but when a character dies in Mouse Guard, you got to stop and have a funeral because it's yeah. tragic. Yes. I, I own Mouse Guard, uh, and I thought it was an amazing system. Uh, really good. I even bought like some of the um, uh, graphic novels. So I can learn more about the world and, you know, so on and so forth. Because it's really They're very good. cool, too. Yeah. yeah. Legit. I mean, yeah, you are playing a mouse that, you know, whatever. But it was really, really good. I yeah. highly recommend that one. I'll give it to you on that one. Good pick. John, what's yours? Um, uh, toss up here. I'm going to have to go with Shadowrun. I know the guys in the chat room mentioned it. Vander, uh, Xander Vorlord mentioned it. Uh, I played Shadowrun for a long time. It was sort of my gateway into adult role playing, if you will. Gotcha. Because uh, you know all the kids play D and D. You know, you play D and D all the time. It was the brand name. Yes. It's fine, uh, but I, I remember that being the first time I actually got with a group that actually had, you know, an actual concise and interesting plot. Uh, it plays really well. The whole, you know, you're meeting up, you're doing a mission is great for a. Uh, a haphazard group and get people in and out because literally you can be like one group one time you finish whatever that run is and next time you know maybe two of the guys couldn't show up two other guys show up it's fine because you're just a bunch of mercenary criminals doing quasi-legal things yeah. that just happen to show up correct just a bunch of murder hobos yeah murder hobos <laughs> sometimes i can tell you stories of uh of uh, playing uh and doing all sorts of terrible things i wouldn't normally do uh, it, one time, uh, me and Norn are playing, and uh, I, I looked the Troy, who's also in our group, uh, or sure, our group, is trying to get this guy to give him keys to a van. But the guy's like a stoner; he's burnt out; he's not getting it. So I just point at my gun, the silence in my jacket. The Norn, Norn gives me the nod, so I take it out and shoot him. He's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "You gave me the nod." He's like, "It wasn't that kind of nod." <laughs> like, what do you do a gun? There's only one type of nod. <laughs> that's hilarious. But that's kind of stuff, like, it's commonplace because you're, you're all criminals. I mean, sure, you're living on the fringes of society. You can 
say you're the noble Robin Hood type, but really you're not. You're playing criminals. It's it's kind of fun and cathartic to a point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it has a very rich world. I mean, if you told me prior to it someone's going to build cyberpunk and fantasy together and it's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread, I'd have laughed in their face. But they did, and it was really good. Um, it's been through a ton of editions. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't want to say I don't like newer editions. I don't have much experience with newer editions. My- I've, I've played one of the newer editions once. Other than that, it's all been third edition and back, which I love. Yeah. Second and third edition of Shadowrun is great stuff. Um, I'm willing to try the newer ones. I just haven't in a while. Um, let's see. My second edition one? My second one? And it, it's kind of a tie um, because they're very few and unknown type games. Um... There's a game, there's a role-playing game, and they actually did a miniatures game, and then they did a video game, and of course nothing went off. And it was done by FFG. They bought the license to bring it over here to America. It uh, was Anima. A-N-I-M-A. Oh, um, it is a, it's, combat is super stupid. You have to be really careful as a GM and as a player that you could kick each other, kill the monsters really quickly, and pair, people can die really quickly. Uh, because of just a an exploding dice roll or something that happens, uh, but if you wanted to play Final Fantasy, this is the game for you. Um, all the characters are pretty much taken right out of Final Fantasy. If you wanted to play a, a guy that summons, you know, a behemoth demon, you know, to fight for you, go right ahead. Uh, you want to be a fighter with a huge sword, go right ahead. It is pretty much Final Fantasy. I believe it's a game that's made in Spain is where it originally came from. Um, but it has a really, really good history. Uh, really fun. Um, a lot of interesting things go with it. I only played it a couple of times. Um, but it was very, very fun. You name it, you could do it in the game. There wasn't any if ands, or buts to it. Uh, I'm going to be applying some bla- brown ink to my... Uh, some PP brown ink to my brown parts in just a minute uh but it was really good uh some of the books are really hard to get a hold of now i know one of the books i have people are paying like 175 bucks for it because you can't get it in english anymore and they only did a limited run of it and i'm like "Mm, how much money do i need to go on my trips that's always sad on the uh for for role-playing supplement because it's a print yes i mean nowadays why is it not in pdf correct uh it's been a while but there was one game that i played and I didn't play it. I ran it. And it has some really cool mechanics. And it's super, super big in Japan. It's one of the most popular RPGs. And it's Tenrobancha Zero. Um, and it's really interesting because all the characters are tied together before you even start playing. Because you can roll on this chart or you can choose. And, like, so-and-so is the father. So-and-so is the mother. And why they hate... And you have to play off all these um, attitudes you have towards each other. Um, but it's a, your typical anime super-powered game where you could be, you know, Dragon Ball Z style beating each other up. Um, and so it's just huge battles. And you have to contend with if you get too powerful, you can lose yourself and become like this big demon thing and... You know, you have to be careful. And it was a really good role-playing game. And I stress the role-playing because if you weren't, it was a problem. 
I really like the idea of the pre-game get-together where you build new characters to get your characters together. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually do that. Uh, I forget what website I stole it from years ago, but he had this thing where you do all these questions. You'd, you'd form bonds between characters before the game uh-huh. after you, as you explain yourself. Um, uh, it's really cool. Uh, I do it for all my games now, and it really helps for the initial get-together because you all already assume you know each other at least a little bit. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, it, it actually pushes, uh, Tinderbunce Zero actually pushes a lot of the role-playing part. Uh, because yeah. you could play it as a, as a one-time run-only thing, or you could play it as a campaign. And I guess it's like hugely, hugely, hugely popular in Japan, but it was really fun and really good. Cool. Um, Jackie, what's another one that you, uh, like? Oh, man, another one I like, uh... If it may be mechanics, like the like uh, the one Gonzo said, where you just like the mechanics of it, you think they're really cool. You know, it's funny. I play so many games, but uh, being, of course, live on air is when I forget them all. <laughs> I will say one that I've been reading a lot about recently that I'm really, really excited to actually start playing is the Star, Star, uh, Star Wars Force and Destiny. Uh, ah. Just finished the book. I'm actually mimicking our first campaign probably tonight that we did with me GMing it just to kind of get the, the dice system down. But the system in it is so interesting. The the dice in my mind are more like currency. You have mm-hmm. these dice you start off with. They're kind of like your copper dice. They're not really exceptional skills. And as you increase yourself, you can switch out one for like your gold or silver dice. Uh, yeah, it seems like it's a lot more creativity driven rather than mechanical. It Correct. is awesome, especially because you can. It gives the GM a lot of uh, agency to uh, make things go in you know, a way that's good for the story. Based off it, I, I tell you, the first time you succeed, but you have disadvantages or despair or something, there you're gonna be like, succeed in the most horrible way possible. It's a, it's a great feeling because it's just so awesome. Yes, uh, I played a short uh, Age of Rebellion game. Uh, with some of my locals, that was uh, I got a chance to play in that, so it was awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed the crap out of it. Yeah, I can't wait for that. It's gonna be really interesting, especially the Destiny pool and all that good fun stuff. I, I've been telling my locals like I need someone to take that game system and make a superhero game with that because I feel like that would be perfect. Oh yeah, very cool. Yeah, it, it's it, a it really fits good system. That style so well. Um. The one I most like the mechanics of that I have to back up and punt because I was going to say Star Wars system as well. <laughs> but uh, uh, I will go with Feng Shui, which is... Uh, oh. it's. <laughs> oh, Gonzo's heard of it. I'm impressed. I uh, played it. <laughs> I, I have not. Uh, it, it's, it, was a, it was a game came out in the 90s based off a card game called Shadow Fist. It was their role-playing game to go with. It was written by Robin Laws, who's actually a relatively big deal in the role-playing world. He's written a bunch of like books on role-playing in general. And uh, it's got a lot of good ideas because it's totally different than so many other games. Um, it's super simple from a rule standpoint because it's basically, you know, it's like Kung Fu action theater. Yes. It's like you've got your ninjas, you've got your, your supernatural monsters, you get some cyborgs from the future. Well, not anymore. Now you get crazy chimps in the future and you know societies and everything and you mash it all together fighting in something called the secret war for the control of these feng shui sites which lets you affect destiny you know the more you have the more things go your way because that's how feng shui goes so it's really cool there's a lot of uh, avenues to it and the game is super simple 
but it has a lot of uh, they use uh, shticks as your way of being different than each other. Uh, it just plays really well, and it was the first game I saw where in the rule book in the original one it said, you know, because people talk about maps and things, it's old D and D stuff. And I was like, oh, I get a map down so we can see where everything is. They tell you straight off, the map is not your friend. Don't break up a map. If they want to take the broomstick, crack over the leg, and stake the vampire thing, they can do that because there should be a broomstick there. It's that kind of little things that you should just not even worry about. Yeah. It's basically, you know, everything outside of the story is the small stuff, and don't sweat it. You know, I mean, they make it a little crazy once in a while, might need to spend some sort of, like, luck or something to have. Well, yeah, of course there's a, you know, a steaming kettle of water on the, uh, on the uh, stove that's going off right now that you can throw in someone's face because you need it, but uh, there's a lot of cool stuff like that that I uh, very much enjoy. Which brings me to my last one that um, I haven't seen the new edition, I haven't read it, I have a PDF copy of it, but I haven't read it yet, is Exalted. Mm. Uh, Exalted, I played in an amazing campaign and loved every minute of it. And if you may know, it's exalted. Uh, you can play characters that are big badasses. You pretty much play gods for the most part. And you do god things and have god abilities and god powers and can beat people up. If you want to pick up a tree and hit somebody with it, you're more than welcome. But that campaign will always be fun. Because our guys, we were like the good guys. We didn't mind committing some crimes to get stuff done. And we were playing in this one pre-built thing. And it, it was pre-built. And this is actually in their game system. I'm going to let that dry a little bit before I do some highlight on it. Um, and we found this town and they had this dinosaur. And it was causing problems. So we're like, all right, I'll take that dinosaur. We'll capture it. We captured the dinosaur. Well, we did some background check and some history checks on it and uh, some lore on it. And we found out the dinosaur pisses heroin. What? Yes. This is a heroin pissing dinosaur. So being the chaotic good people that we were, and my guy really wasn't that good, we took that dinosaur and captured it and milked it and oh, sold drugs. <laughs> And I can see John is already looking up. Is there a heroin pissing dinosaur in Exalted? Nope. Nope. Didn't even touch the keyboard. <laughs> Some things do not need to be looked up and saved in my search engine. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's just waiting for me to type heroin pissing dinosaur in the keyboard. It's not going to happen. But, yes, there was. Uh, and, it, it, and, and, the, and if you know Exalted, it's a D10 system. It's a really good system. Um, really good combat. Uh, I can get bogged down if you don't know how to run it carefully. And you have to, before you start your turn, the next person needs to have their turn figured out. So you got to be really careful. Uh, so it can get bogged down combat-wise, but it was actually pretty good. Uh, John, what do we have question-wise? Question-wise? Let's see. Um, uh, Giorgio Alessi wants to know, what do we think of the Pathfinder Society? Um... Uh, well, I'm saying Kathy, but uh, Jackie, you're are you into that? Um, you know what? I have a lot of ex uh, contact with a Pathfinder group that's really large. Uh -huh. They play at my local game store the night that I play War Machine. Uh huh. And the game seems very fun, but the group can be a little uh, 
a little too into it sometimes. Uh, what do you mean? At least from their experience. I haven't played the game personally. Uh, it seems like there's a lot more ambassador things going on than necessarily combat. And there's so many times where I just want to scream with them, just pull out your axe and just kill him. And you won't have to debate anymore. Just take the dragon eggs and go or whatever. Uh, but I guess that's that's not how they're running it there. Uh, as far as Pathfinder, that, that's my only personal experience with it there. Needs more axes. Needs more axes more, to the face. More axes, less talking. Very good. John, have you um, dealt with any Pathfinder Society stuff? I have not, but I like the concept of it. Uh, I like when any company gets organized, play together, to uh, keep their game going. And uh, like I said, I like the I like the concept, but uh, you know, I would never got into Pathfinder when it came out. I was a D and D hardcore D and D guy back then, uh-huh. and uh, you know, didn't jump over when they went to fifth edition D and D either. So. You know, it's unlikely I'll have much contact with them unless I get in, but it's a tall order. And it was going to sound weird and kind of preachy, but I really prefer it when games innovate rather than keep the same sacred cows going forever. Yeah. I, I like the concept. I, 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 yeah. I've never been into it, never did it. Um, as much as, you know, we want to say I'm kind of antisocial and not really, you know, more anxiety thing because I have to keep. I'm keep really close who I have friends. Um, but anytime that you can get people together doing nerd stuff and having nerd friends, I'm all for it. Oh yeah. It's just finding the right people is a thing because you could have a, a right group and go, well, these guys suck and they're just not fun to play with because AKA they're Monty hall or they role play too much or they get upset when people role play stuff. You know what I'm saying? It just gets a little iffy. So you have to be careful with who you play with. Yeah, but uh, you know, I like it. It's a it's a good gateway to other games. Um, Making find a good group because I'll be honest, a good group to me is more important than a good game. Correct. Uh, a good group will take the worst game ever created, and uh, that would be the world of Cinnabar for anyone out there wondering, and make it super <laughs> fun. What what what's the worst game ever created? World of Cinnabar. Uh, no, Hole is. No, it's not. <laughs> World of Cinnabar, trust me. Hmm. It is batshit crazy in all the wrong ways. I'm going to do something. But, uh, anyways, actually, so technically, actually, I would say technically anything by Palladium Books, Shots oh. Fired, would be the worst game, but that's just recent. Shots Fired! Yeah, yeah. Palladium. <laughs> no, no, Still no, waiting no, on my I, Robotech tactics. I'll be honest. I started with a lot of Palladium games. They were very fun. They just haven't evolved. Yeah. When. When D&D is the epitome of uh, ev evolution comparative to you, you have a problem because they backslid for the edition. Super fun. Yeah. But it's still way more way more different than their games have gotten in 30 years. <laughs> so uh, next question is Adam Brickford. He goes, what are the benefits of choosing to run a sorcerer instead of a wizard? I think my man, um, who answered that? I know it was uh, a Dan Griffin did it, but let's see what our answers are, and then I'll read his after we're done. Uh, I, I'm pretty much all, all with Dan Griffin. I mean, the ability to choose and you know, kind of being specialized a bit helps out. But I'm an old fart, and I like my wizards. So I, I mean, there is the specialization of being a sorcerer, but I don't know. I just like old school wizards. 
nerd. Uh, Jackie, what do you think? Uh, I like sorcerers more. Wizards tend to have to be a little more rehearsed. You kind of have to have more of a game plan. Uh, sorcery, you can kind of just wing it. Go in there, yeah. Drop a fireball or something, or you know. Uh, yeah. That's the main thing. Is I'm not a very good uh, player when it comes to planning ahead. So sorcery over wizardry is always my choice. I'm a bad wizard. It just comes down to that. I did not get my Hogwarts letter. <laughs> uh, I actually agree more with Jackie. I will happily sac sacrifice some of my overall versatility and number of spells known for the ability to put the one I need or one that's close to the one I need on the target when I need it. Um, I've played, I actually triple classed at one point. I was a monk, psychic, psychic warrior, sorcerer. And it was great just having that little variety of spells and whichever one of the like three I knew at that point first level I could just put it down whenever I needed it to which was super cool uh, and Dan Griffin says sorcerers make better evoker types casters due to not needing to prepare and having a large larger number of spells per day but a much more limited repertoire it's easier to build sorcerers that have correct blast of the bit spells for any given situation indeed and honestly for a newer player it'd be a lot less book work and less book work for a newer player That's is very good. true. Yeah. Uh, here's one that I'm not sure how many of us can answer, but uh, Robert Derevsky, the old uh, flight medic, wants to know, how's the Dresden Files RPG? I have actually played the Dresden File RPG. And I'm going to say, because it bases off the Fate system, if anybody has ever played the Fate system, um, the fate system is not an easy system to play. And the reason why is there's the fate system has a nickname of being the storyteller or GM system, because the way you build your character is based on your abilities on how you describe them. So you have to be able to describe what you're doing to do things. And so it is very much a storyteller's RPG. Uh, Carl Morgan and I were talking about this. Because we were talking about the Dresden File RPG. And it's pretty much, you need to be a storyteller to figure out how to play the game. For the simple fact that it's a very descriptive game. Uh, the way the way abilities are done, the way things are set up. I'm trying to keep this in screen, so sorry if I have to stop or something. Um, and get things handled. But it's a very good system because you can do a lot of cool things with it. Uh, does it emulate Dresden Files? Very much so. Um, you have a lot of the background characters, a lot of the... And it depends on how much you want to put, a.k.a. Dresden, into it. Because um, you could just play it as a fantasy system, modern-day fantasy type system. Uh, man, got the burps. That dragon milk is good! <laughs> Um, but it is a very good system. If you if you like very descriptive role-playing games, this one will be for you, uh, plain and simple. So if you like very descriptive, um, the Fate Dice system is a based on pluses and minuses. So depending on what you do depends on your pluses and minuses and also how you describe what you're going to do too. So it's very role-playing intense on how you do things. But it is a very good system. So if you like Dresden Files, go for it. 100% go play it. Jackie, do you have any experience with Dresden Files RPG? No. 
Osborne, uh, I, I don't have a lot. I actually had borrowed the book for a while because one of my buddies was going to run it, but that never came to be. But the one that stuck out for me is I really like the world building that you're all supposed to go through together at the beginning of the game. Yes. The, the city building is like top notch. And if you can get a cheap PDF copy of that uh, game just to read that portion as a game master, it will pay dividends on building a cooperative world, which will keep your people more invested and make it feel much more real and lived in. Yeah, because the, one of the things you have to do is that the, before you even get started, you all have to write something about each other's character. And you all have to build on each other's characters, on how you know each other, interact with your characters. It's part of the, it's part of the character building. So mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely, if you like Dresden Files, you'll like the system. If you like role-playing, heavy role-playing, you'll love the system. Uh, next one is, uh, let me figure if I can pronounce his last name, Joe Orthober. Uh, he says, do you feel as I do that the old Deadlands had the best and most integrated rules system? Gonzo, you familiar with the old Deadlands system? Uh, I am. Um, I played the original Deadlands system, and I then I also played um, the Savage Worlds Deadlands system, which, by the way... If you want to play in a really good uh, system and want to play any type of world, Savage Worlds is it for you if you want to do that. I'll pimp that all the time. If you want it super easy, get your Savage Worlds. It is the easy button to playing lots of systems. I'd also recommend it. Yeah, and it's a good one, too. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Um, we actually, before FFG made a Star Wars, we made Star Wars in the Savage Worlds setting. Mm -hmm. uh, with Savage Worlds. Well, so I still have that PDF. It was really good. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah. Deadlands is good, yeah. It was... If you like a good Western, demon-esque, you know, weird type it's thing. Weird Wild West. Yeah. It's the weird Wild West. It's the definition of it. Um, I, I will agree with him that it is a good system, the original, but Savage Lands is just so easy and so good for people to play in. Well, see, I don't know if I would call the Deadlands system the best and most integrated, but it's... It's, I'm in the, about, it's in the conversation for it. Yeah, I'm talking about in between the two. Oh, yeah. Well, in, in between the two. I like the quirkiness of the original one and using your using your uh, hand of playing card. For stuff. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, I definitely like it. It would it, it would be in the in the conversation because a lot of systems now are a little. I mean, not not to be critical of them. I don't. It's not like a bad thing, but they're a little jarring sometimes. How different different portions of them are. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Jackie, do you have any experience with the Deadland system? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I have a normie when it comes to the Deadland system. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. It's, it was not even a huge system when it came out. It had a good small cult following. Mm -hmm. Kept it around for a while, but it wasn't ever one of the big boys. No. I may have been too young for that one. What do you mean too young? Ten years uh, is too is young. Oh, <laughs> Deadlands, good lord. That's a good question. Oh. I, no I want to say it's pre-2000. 1996. <laughs> I won't tell you what I was doing that year. I appreciate it. <laughs> I was three years out of high school. <laughs> um, I'm going to that. Uh, before we, how much time, what time are we at, John? We're at 8.57 and we have one more question. Okay, go for it. Uh, do you ever play text-based online RPGs? Uh, and he also asked, or play on Roll20, which I think we've all said we don't do, but... Never played a text-based. Oh, really? No? Mm -mm. 
Yeah, Jack? I played a couple. Um, what was that site called? Uh, Lost Realms was the okay. one that I was really into. Uh, you know, being a child of the 90s and not being able to Google everything, that was very hard to get into at first when you're a stranger to it. Uh, just navigating the area and everything. But I had a lot of fun. I've met a lot of fun people online doing that. Sweet. Um, I never did Lost Realms, but I did. I have done uh, one, and you're going to date me, one play-by-post on a BBS. Oh, my God. <laughs> that did that did date you. You were dated. <laughs> yeah. You pose on, you do what your character's doing, and then get off so someone else can get on and do the same thing. And I've also done a couple play-by-emails, which are very cool. Um, I ended up quitting them just because, you know, groups like that fall apart occasionally. But uh, I never did quite the play-by-mail where you mail off your stuff. That's Boy. a little too crazy How do you be even build a group for that? Yeah. <laughs> Write them a letter. Do you want to play my game? <laughs> well, you'd probably respond to a letter in the back of Dragon Magazine back when it was the big generic gaming magazine. And oh, everything. man. And that... then so everyone would see it. You'd get a bunch of people, and you'd write letters back and all. And stamps were cheap even back then. Hell, were much cheaper back then. And you would just get a group together and play by email. Um, the play by BBS was difficult because of the speed it moved at. The play by email was a lot easier. And I would consider a play by email as a viable alternative to another game. Uh, I know people that still do a play by email. Yeah, you can, you can easily... It, you just have to be people who are a little better at uh, working on people's ideas in. Yeah. And you definitely have to practice stick preservation, which we'll cover in more depth in another role-playing podcast. You know, we get more into the the nitty-gritty of the role plans. Um, before we go into the media section, I want to talk about game systems real quick and not not go too in-depth with it, but just enough to talk about the top game systems because I think that's very important. While D&D has been around forever, rolling 1d20 to see if you hit and do stuff just doesn't cut it anymore, in my opinion. Hello. I think it's perfectly fine. I mean, like I said, I haven't played 5th edition, but in 4th edition, it, it worked plenty fine. There were a lot of ways to modify the role. Um, in fact, I like it because you can actually set it so that you have a standard probabilities for success in any situation that's very easy to track because it's a d20. It's just a straight line uh, probability. Yeah. And then your modifiers mean so much more. Uh, I played a 4th edition game where we used, rather than, because 4th edition expected you to have a magic item of your level pretty much all the time. So that, yeah, you had armor that was, you know, at level 1 through 5, you had plus 1 armor, then you get plus 2 with the next batch. It, it expected you to have all that. So I just worked all those bonuses into it. So when I handed you a magic sword and it gave you a bonus to hit, that was a bonus to hit. That wasn't like, oh, you're expected to have that. That was like a plus 1 above. You are above the curve now, sir. This you're you're better off than everyone else. But uh, it, it requires a little work, but it, it is predictable and easy. It's it's a lot a lot to be said for being predictable and easy. Well, what, what I mean is just to me, just rolling one dice to see what I do for a turn to me is not worth it anymore because there's too much. FFG has a really good system that even though you succeed, something bad can happen. Or even yep. if you fail, something bad, something good can happen out of yep. your fail. So, I mean, that really pushes, and, and it brings more to it. Um, well, go ahead. On the other side, uh, Hero System uses, has, for years, used a 3D6 system, and even make your head explode more, to hit, you need to roll low. That's cool. I ain't got a problem with that. 
Um, now I've changed it in our game. It's easy to do. It's just a quick math flip where you need to roll. I made it so you need to roll high to hit, just so it's all high because it's a lot more intuitive. Yeah. You'd be surprised how much rolling low to hit makes people's heads explode. Yeah. But three six is a you know. It even gives you an even better because it's a bell curve. You can go like I know they'll hit these guys this percentage of the time, and you can rely on that. You know, unlike the D twenty, where like yeah, fifty five percent of the time, but it's still a straight bell curve. It's still a straight line. Yeah, there is no percentage system to the D twenty. It is yeah, it no, is a cruel die to roll. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, if you need uh, if you hit on a nine or better, it's a good percent. It's you know exactly what kind of percent you got. Yeah. But there's no guarantees on three D six it's harder for it to spike one way or the other. Um, but that doesn't mean it's really bad. Um, Malifaux uses a system, uh, or through the breach, where you don't even roll dice. It's all numbers and then your your card flip. Ah, uh, gotcha. So it's um, predictable. Like there's, it's 1 through 13, which is a big swing, but you also know, like if you've seen all the 13 comes up, you know there's not going to be any for a little bit. Yeah. Um... Earthdawn has an interesting system that it's a step-based, and it's based on the dice. They have a chart for how you hit. like, And I wouldn't say a chart. It's like step one is 1d4 minus 2. Step two is 1d4 minus 1, and then it can change. And you can increase and decrease your steps based on things you do in the game. Like, I'm going to take a defensive stance. Well, your defense goes up by this, but your attack ability goes down by this many steps. Um... You're going to go aggressive while your defense goes down, but your attack step goes up. Uh, also, armor is very important in the game. That even though you may be easy to hit, your armor soaks the damage. Um, which I think was really missing for me in D&D. Uh, D&D is the epitome of abstract. Yeah. It is not, very not every time you're every time you're missed, you're not missed. You may be hit, but it glances off your armor. Correct. Or doesn't hit your armor or whatever. It, yeah. It's a little imagination to it correct yeah it does but this one to me brought in a little bit more and i want to say realism into a fantasy game but uh anytime you took damage in uh earth dawn it had to you could have armor defeating hits but you would your armor would soak some of the damage so a heavy hitting a, a fighter that didn't have great defense could still survive because his armor could take it, even though he could be hit multiple times, if you know what I'm saying. It does let you get the, the clumsy brute fighter in, which is a hard trope for a lot of, for D&D to work. With. Correct. Because the clumsy brute fighter just takes it in the face again and again and again, and that's no point now. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different ones out there. We could probably fill a podcast talking about them. Um, yeah. I just wanted to but, give the, like, the, the best ones or the ones you thought were good. Uh, Jackie, do you have uh, one that you liked the most? Uh, honestly, he kind of hit the nail on the head of the mostly uh, fifth edition. Uh, I actually really like the randomness of the D twenty. Uh, our campaigns, we roll them. Everyone's on the, you know, on the tips of their seats. They're just waiting to see what happens and everything. Uh, I enjoy missing because just as much as I miss, I can critically hit or do something that's horrible uh, in the game. So that really works out. I've always liked the randomness of it all, though. I like to have very little control in it all. Well, it makes the situational modifiers so much better. It does. Like, it a surprise really attack giving you a bonus means so much more in a situation like that. Um, uh, was, it, uh, was it Xander Vorlord mentions uh, the dice pools from Shadowrun, which were great? Um, Just too much. 
I don't know. I mean, rolling a lot of six-siders is fun. That's the sort of the concept of sorry. Uh, 40K. I don't want to roll 70 six-siders. How about that? I'll have to roll 70. <laughs> I do love fun, the roll. I do love the... Um, going back on Shadowrun, that's got one of the best worlds that I've ever seen. Yes, it is super fun. I, I'd like to pick it up. Actually, Norin has mentioned maybe running it. We've got to make it to play in a game. Play in a game. All right, I think I'm done for this right now. Um... Because we're about to go into media section, so that was actually... Indeed, we've got a lot of media in a second. Yes, we do have a lot of media, and I have more beer to drink, because I've only gotten through half of this bottle, and it's a huge bottle. So, we're going to go switch over to media section. It is time, right? Yeah, it is time. Just, All just right. you know, uh, the, the Sprite and uh, Jim Beam Apple work really good. Did it really? <laughs> maybe put a little too much Jim Beam in that. Look, Skycam. Ah, uh, Skycam. I was watching the Super Battle a little bit. Look, all my that. toys. All right. So glorious. So glorious. Such a nerd cave. Oh, my God. All right. Let's oh, go and go to the fun. media section. Boom. Media. I actually only want to talk about one movie. One. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I asked Jackie so we can plan properly. <laughs> Shut yeah, up. there we go. Ask me. He asked me. Um, I saw a new <laughs> today or this week i should say uh it was yesterday they're all blurring together uh yeah honestly not so much tv shows right now i'm really preoccupied with other facets so gone to anyone over this i watched three movies two i should talk Ooh. about at once because i watched the second one because someone mentioned it after i watched the first one. Oh, really yes cool uh so i'll, I'll lead uh on Wednesday, I uh, I watched Assassins, old uh, Sister Stallone movie with oh, yeah. Harris, Julianne Moore. Yes. Um, now, the first thing that stood out to me in this movie, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I bought that Stallone collection on Blu-ray like months ago, mm -hmm. slowly working through them, and it's the people that work on this. This is directed by Richard Donner from Lethal Weapon and Superman 2 and all that. Well, kicked off Superman 2, Superman 1. Um, it was written by the Wachowskis. Yes. The screenplay done by the Wachowskis, which shocked me. Um, it is a surprisingly fun little movie, considering it's talking about hitmen. Um, part of that is Antonio Banderas is just great to watch in a movie. It's very young, and this is one of his first uh, Hollywood roles. Uh, and the whole plot is Sloan is a hitman who wants to retire. Uh, he's been, it's been eating away at him for years. He had uh, killed one of his friend hitmen, and it's eaten away at him. And he finally, like, all right. You offer me this big score, I'm going to take it and then leave. Uh, while Antonio Baderas is trying to kill him and do better than him to be number one. Uh, and then Julianne Moore is the mark. And I'm not going to worry spoiling it. Basically, they get together, uh, Such Stone and Julianne Moore, because uh, Antonio Baderas is after and he just wants to try and get some money and get out. He's done. And it turns to this whole cat and mouse. Well, not really cat and mouse. It's, it's surprising how few action scenes are in this. Mm -hmm. uh, the ones that are enjoyable, they're not all just shootouts. There's some interesting uh, scenes of him in a taxi where he's basically driving Antonio Banderas to a different part because Antonio Banderas hasn't seen him, doesn't know what he looks like, and tries to get him to get out of the car so he can shoot him when he gets out because in the car there's bulletproof glass because and I guess it looked like Chicago and you would have bulletproof glass in a cat. Um. But it is pretty fun uh, following each other and the sort of way history repeats itself with Antonio Banderas going to shoot Stallone as he gets out, uh, tries to get out of this thing the same way Stallone shot his friend. Yes. Um, 
it's pretty solid. I definitely say give it a watch. I give it about two shots of Kraken. It is on the good side of action movies. It's a little bit dated. Um, Stallone plays a he he still plays a sort of noble noble assassin. He won't shoot cops and all that. You know, one of those assassins with a with a uh, he's you call him a true professional. He's only trying to kill the guys that deserve are involved it. with it. Yeah, yeah. Or, or that are involved with it. He didn't care about deserve. Yeah. Um, but uh, overall, it's pretty good. It's probably it, it holds up better than it has a right to because man, technology. Woo. <laughs> Every time you hear those tones when you dial up the modem, you're like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, two shots, of, two shots of cracking. Uh, uh, Antonio Banderas is fun to watch in it. And Stallone's decent. Julianne Moore is fine as female interest. There's no direct love relationship between them, which is a bonus for movies for me because I always feel like that's unrealistic as fuck. But then I, I told my buddy at work that I watched that. He's like, well, how does it hold up versus The Specialist, which is another Stallone movie from a similar time frame where he plays another sort of assassin. And let me tell you, The Specialist doesn't hold up at all. Even though it's James Woods and Sharon Stone and Stallone, it it is not half as good as Assassins. Yeah. It's not fun. It's too slow. It's trying to be... I don't know what it's trying to be. It's trying to be more than it can be. Yes. And it just fails, unfortunately. Uh, plus, the, the whole love story between Stallone and Sharon Stone is... Just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I I really like Assassins. It, it's really good. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's it, it's one of my favorite Antonio Banderas because his character is such a douche. <laughs> but but understandable. You're like, yes. Yeah, he's a little comically. That's the thing they they made these characters extreme stereotypes but in a movie where you don't give any words to their backgrounds it helps a ton well the characters in the specialists are a lot more understated yes and it hurts because they have to spend time trying to give them backgrounds and you realize you're watching the movie you don't fucking care you just want them to get to the fucking monkey yes like blow something up already you're, you're supposed to blow something up the, the movie was paced poorly i think it was written from the wrong point of view. They needed to get right into it and grab you. The movie needs to grab you early. This movie does not grab you early. And, I mean, it's three, three and a half shots of Kraken. You definitely want a good buzz when you're watching this thing. It's... Because <laughs> it does not pay off well enough at all. Um, okay. So, hold on. Before that, because we did say we were going to do two giveaways. Uh, I oh, showed yeah. that we have 11 people in the chat. But I only show, like, eight so if you're not logged in, you need to be logged in right now so we can give away a new RPG, which we haven't talked about, which I will give a... Oh, yes, log right in, yeah. So I can give this so you can be part of this. Um, I'm showing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and it shows we have 11, not counting us two, of course. Uh, so seven. So people we're missing like one person? In. Probably 11 people, 11 people watching aren't logged in. <laughs> Look at Crimson. Crimson's like, just give it to me. I'm logged in. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Uh, before we get started and we go to the next section, um, I have this book, and it's called The Shadows of Estrin. And uh, I didn't talk about it during the, the, the session because I want to talk about it here. 
Um, this book is and the best way to describe it is Game of Thrones meets Call of Cthulhu. If you like worlds that have, don't have a lot of magic in it, you definitely will like this. There is magic in it. Don't let that go. But there is technology also. And this book is gorgeous. Um, these guys did a Kickstarter. They made some incredible artwork in this. I mean, this book is a work of art unto itself. I own two copies, so I'm giving away one of my copies because I want someone else to enjoy it. Um, the world is very deadly. It is very scary. It is very evil in its aspects. Um, if you like it, buy the rest of the things. Um, buy the rest of their products. Buy all the things. These guys are really good. Uh, I bought the Kickstarter, um, and then I went and met them at Gen Con. And they were so awesome at Gen Con. They, I actually had a friend of mine that had a question about the game and on the phone, and he took my phone call. He took my phone from me and goes, let me talk to him. I'll answer his question. Um, Every game designer I've met has been that cool. Yes, which is really good to have. You want game designers that are happy to talk about their stuff. Um, was it uh, Paul Hume from uh, from uh, Shadowrun fame? Was upset because he heard from our uh, from mutual friend George that I had a copy of the first of Shadowrun signed by the other two authors. He demanded when we went to George's birthday party that I bring that book with me because damn it, he was going to sign it too. Which I thought was super legit. Uh, when, when I met them at Gen Con, they were taking their books that they were selling and creating artwork inside of the books and selling it for like an extra five bucks more or something. Oh, that's very cool. And it was like, not just like pencil drawings and stick figures. I'm talking about full, awesome artwork. Uh, these guys are really cool. Um, the system is very different. Um, magic is done really cool. So like if you don't just throw a, a fireball, you have to choose how many people you want to hit the fireball, how many models you're going to hit, how far do you want to hit, how much damage you want to hit. So you can upgrade and, you know, change your thing. Uh, melee is super deadly. They stress in this game, do not get into combat unless you have to try to work everything out before because healing is not like you normally, you know, would. It's really good. Uh, whoever gets this, you're getting a piece of art. Uh, and all their stuff they bring out is gorgeous. Um, they actually have a DVD and CD to have music to play along with it. So it's really good. So I'm going to give you at 825, we will give this away uh, to one lucky person. Uh, but on top of that, so you have just a little bit to log in. You have to be logged in. Uh, to get a chance because we can't see your name. Uh, but before we do that, let's go and give away our, our um, miniature. Oh, yeah. Because sure. we have our miniature. We totally forgot about it. I was all painting and I was like, oh. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Kathy, which is not on today, uh, paints up a miniature and gives it away to our uh, patron subscribers at the $15 level. And I've written down the names. And Jackie, since you are a person... Give me a number between one and four. Three. Aaron Stone. Aaron Stone, you are our lucky winner of our uh, miniature. Uh, I do already have your address, so I will get that to you uh, <laughs> as soon as possible. Or I'll have Kathy send it to you. I'll let her know, and she'll send that out. 
Uh, John, what model is that? Uh, that is uh, Colette Dubois from Malifaux. It's actually uh, one of her Avatar models you really, really can't get anymore, but makes a perfectly fine use for her in Malifaux. So that we're doing. All right, so Jackie, what's your media section? So I watched something pretty new this week. I would not be surprised if neither of you guys caught it. Um, it was the movie The Death Cure. It's the third installment of the Maze Runner trilogy. If you guys remember that from the the tail end of the teenage dystopian <laughs> genre there. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually movie, heard a review of it. Did you? <laughs> I hope you liked the review. Uh, so if you love Maze Runner, it's good to go see it to, you know, see the ending. But at the same time, if you really, really love Maze Runner, you might just want to kind of let it end where it ended. Uh, it's uh -oh. pretty half-hearted, <laughs> not going to lie. Uh, you can't bring alcohol with you to the movie theater, but if you could have... Oh, oh, you've never heard oh, of a flask, I... have you? <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm oh, promoting bringing a flask to movie theaters. No, never. Well, I'm going to have to start promoting it now because that seems like a pretty good idea. Uh, <laughs> there's not much more I can say about the movie without it being kind of spoilers. I mean, the movie from... The second you walk in until afterwards is, you know, endgame stuff there. Uh, it was a nice way to say goodbye to that genre. I will say that because I don't think I'm going to see any more teenage dystopian movies after that. <laughs> it, it is fair to point out with this movie that the main, the lead actor had an accident. So they had to delay finishing the movie for like a year or two. Yes, so, I believe he broke his leg. Yeah, uh, it was, possibly it, it was on pretty set. bad. Yeah, so definitely... Keep that in mind when you're watching it and give them a little bit of leeway for that. You can't hold that against them. Because he does his own stunts and, you know, hats off to any actor who's going to do their stunts. So, Jackie, how many shots cracking do you need to take? Uh, well, I'm a pretty light drinker, so I'm going to say three. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe not. The scale only goes to five. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to have a quite a few to get through it. Yeah, uh, it's a very long movie, too. I oh, think okay. it's about two hours. Uh, so you maybe have to spread them out a little bit there. I, I've heard good, really, really good things with the first one, and then less as it goes along. Yeah, it kind of is like that. It's it's like a, it's definitely a slope. The first movie, though, is very good. It definitely feeds into that whole, you know, s setting up the scenery and whatnot for it. Yeah, if you guys think you're interested in that, there's a uh, YouTube channel called uh, Cinema Wins which is the opposite of CinemaSins, and he does everything great about X movie. And he did one on the first Maze Runner, and I'm like, that actually seems like an interesting movie. It, it might make me go see it. I'm just hoping it comes out for free on something, because I prefer not to pay money if I can't, but I don't have to. <laughs> <clears throat> Call me crazy. Uh, so, Gonzo, did you watch anything besides uh, the one Netflix series that we're going to talk about? No, and I... I, I... Almost been watched the whole thing. I'm on episode okay. seven. Wow. Well, let me get my other one out of the way real quick because it'll be real quick because it's an old movie. Uh, I saw it last night and watched Ocean's Eleven. Uh, this awesome. Just it's still super fun. It's still super good. Um, watching it this time with a little bit of a critical eye. Uh, there are a couple scenes where I'm like, okay, I see they made a boo boo there. And I do realize the middle of the movie when they introduce um, Julia Roberts' character is the slowest point and i'm not gonna say it's a bad addition but it definitely is the weakest part of the movie the plot with her i understand mm -hmm. why it's important at all for the movie but it is 
if you're being critical, the weakest part of the movie. Um, but still fun. It still is the the standard bearer for the you know get all the famous actors together ensemble heist movies. Mm-hmm. Still super fun. Still super great. As long as you make it that slow portion in the middle, uh, top notch. I actually stopped in the middle, went did some other stuff, came back and got to the rest of it no problem. Um, I give it. Uh, I'll give it. You know, a half shot of Kraken. You don't really need too much at all. You probably want to take that half shot in the middle season, where it's middle part, where it's getting a little, uh, a little slow. It's still a great, great, great heist ensemble oh, yeah, movie. Absolutely, one of my favorite ensemble uh, heist mm-hmm. movies. Uh, I love watching Ocean Eleven. It's, it's. I think it's the key and interesting area to go. Here it is. Here's a great ensemble of actors. Here's a great heist. This is what you should do. Yeah, just hundred percent. They, they look like they're having fun, and that translates through, which is great. Great. Uh, Xander yes, was mentioning yes. the Italian job. Same thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. It's, they're they're right up there. Like they're, yeah. they're both great. Really good, solid ones. Um, before we get into our, I know we said eight twenty-five, but we're about to talk about something that is really, really important. And it's going to be a long one. John, how many people do we have in our chat channel that does not count me and you? Who does are not signed count in? Me and you. Uh, I don't know. I've got the spinny wheel of death. Uh, two, four, six, up to eight, sir. Eight people. All right. And no one in Facebook posted letting me know they were watching, so it's just me in there. Okay, so it's just you in there. All right, guys, we're going to go and give away. Um, Jackie, give us number one through eight. Random oh, number one through eight. Uh, six. Who is number six? It is the thing from space dude first time coming in and you win something nice uh the thing from space if you could do me a favor and send me your email address and of course your real name uh we will send this out to you free of charge of course and you will get your copy of uh the rpg uh do that as soon as you can uh if we do not get that from you quickly i will send it to someone else hopefully you're there listening please be there um I can't message him, so I don't know. Um, but it looks like he's here. Yeah, sweet. Sometimes we get people to listen and then just like ditch out. Uh, thanks for space. Please send me a message of your address, either here or on Facebook. Uh, please include your real name. Um, and also like us on Facebook if you haven't already. Uh, and I will send that to you, and uh, you'll get it to us shortly. Um, before we get into this, let's also thank Tectonic Studios. For, yeah, for providing, uh, if you don't know Archie Dan, you know his stuff. You need to. Dude is super awesome. A great person to be around. Um, and also, we are going to be. I got something planned with him that you're going to like, John. Oh, um, I like anything with Archie Dan. He's yeah. a cool dude. Um, him and I are working together on some stuff, and him and I are and we were having a quick conversation, and we're going to see if we can do something really cool for him lately. Um, but let's go into our next one, and. This I'm super super excited about. Uh, his Gonzo, I actually watched the first episode myself just so I could talk a little bit about it. Seven episodes in. Oh, looks like we lost Jackie. Hopefully, she'll come back shortly. Um, oh, Jackie, no. <laughs> so go ahead. What is what are we talking about, John? We are talking about Altered Carbon, which is a new Netflix original series uh, based off a series of books, of course, because that's everything right now, which is cool. And it is super duper cyberpunk. Oh yeah, it is. Um, if anybody has not seen this on Netflix, 
Um, you need to, especially if you're good uh, cyber fan, because give this it, is give amazing. The first episode a shot. If the first episode doesn't grab you, maybe not. But I mean, it, I was halfway through the first episode. I told Gonzo halfway through, and I'm like, man, that was a great episode. Then I'm like, oh shit, I'm only halfway through this episode. Yes. I get that too. When I'm watching the show, I'm like, oh, this is about to end. Wait, next episode's coming up. And then all of a sudden I'm like, no, we got like a 30 to 40 more minutes to go. You know, 30, 20 minutes to go to, before this works. And I'm like, yeah, this the episode sold me. It is, it is very cyberpunk. Uh, it smacks a lot of infinity too. Uh, eclipse phase. Eclipse phase. Yeah. Um, if you like the role-playing game Eclipse Phase, you'll love this because uh, a lot of the terms are also from the same thing. Uh, but I think that's kind of universal, like the chordal stacks and sleeves yeah, I, and stuff like, like that. I think they sort of like, I think they like, they got together on this and they're like mutually working on the same kind of technology or source idea for that. Uh -huh. um, it smacks a little bit of Blade Runner, but I mean, let's be honest, Blade Runner is a big cyberpunk influence, so it's going to be involved in anything cyberpunk. I mean, it's like saying, oh, this is very influenced by Neuromancer. Yeah, well, no shit, it's cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, Neuromancer. That's we... what the, uh, the, 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 a lot of the critics are saying, is that it's so very much Blade Runner sequel type thing. I'm like, well, that's sort of the idea. It's using a lot of core cyberpunk ideas. Yeah. Which is great because it means you have an instant connection to the story. You know what it is. They said cortical stack, and even if I hadn't used that term before, I had an idea what they were talking about. So let yes. me get into it. And at the end, and I'm only one episode in, so it's not really a spoiler, it seems like it's going to be a cool murder mystery. Yes. Um, Ray Baum says it was a book, and I actually looked it up as soon as I started watching it. I'm like, what is this based off of? Because I know it's got to be based off something. It probably wasn't a unique, you know, thing because Hollywood can't do unique pretty much anymore. Um, and I looked at the book and I read the synopsis of the book. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Because it has to do with a lot of religious aspects also. Which they're not really hitting a lot in the show about that. But they do oh, hit know. on. They, they definitely hit, hit on the first episode. The set yes. Down. Lays the groundwork for it, so when it comes up, I'm not going to be surprised. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. It just is not the center focal point, as you know what I'm saying. Um, but it is in there, and it's very good. Um, if you haven't watched it, and you haven't got to the episode, Abuela, Grandma, is the greatest thing in the entire series. So, I'm only episode one, but I have an idea what you what you may be talking about. And yeah. uh, it gives me something to look forward to. Grandma is amazing. I laughed my ass off the whole time Grandma was in. Um, the one thing that I will say about this thing, yeah, <laughs> Grandma was awesome, is the way that they have to deal this because you have so many characters. And if you don't know, this is not a spoiler. Um, consciousness is downloaded into a device now, and you can put that device in different bodies. And so you can live forever, technically. Um, mm -hmm. And so you can be put in different bodies. And it's interesting, until you kind of get used to it, that, oh, this guy is actual this guy also. Even though they're different actors. And You'll catch that pretty quick in the first episode. Yes. A couple times it happens. So. Um, I also really like that Joel Kinnaman is 
living up to the sort of hype that uh, that Hollywood has foisted upon us. You know, he's been in so many things. Everyone's like, oh, he's okay, but why are you pushing him? And this, you're like, okay, I see where you're pushing him. Yes. This is sort of doing for him what the first season of The Expanse did for uh, Thomas Jane. Yes. Where you're saying like, okay, I see it now. You're giving him something to work with now. Yes. This this series is, and I hope they get more series out of it, because it is incredible. Uh, yeah, some lines are kind of pushed, but um, they hit all the things. If you have ever played the game Eclipse Phase, Eclipse Phase which is an RPG, uh, it very much, you'll find this amazing. And if you haven't played Eclipse Phase, go get the books. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, um, and, and, and yes, Ender, Vorlord, it definitely does sound like a ghost. It is a much more Ghost in the Cell than Shadow Run, but very much, it's, it's cyberpunk. It is pure, good, higher tech, but but cyberpunk nonetheless. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, the visuals are incredible. The action has been pretty good. Um, the characters are really good. The lines and some of them, you're just like, oh, shit. Um, grandma. Oh, and hello, unicorn. You'll have to do you, you, you'll You'll see it. Hello, unicorn is great. And, and it's subtle because you don't see it. Now I'm just torn on should I watch the rest of this or should I finish off season two of the expanse first? Uh, watch the rest of this because this has been really good. I can't wait to finish it. Um, it's been really, really awesome. Looks like Jackie's trying to come back in. I'm going to see if I can get her back in. Um, it is, I will tell you right now that yes, it plays off all the other things of all the other sci-fi shows. But it was really good. Hey, Jackie, welcome back. You Hello. all right? <laughs> yeah. I have to apologize. We have quite a snowstorm going on in my coast, so I had to go uh, find other means to get back online. I apologize. That's okay. Here no problem. We've been talking about the Netflix series um, uh, Altered, Carbon. Altered Carbon. Oh, okay. Which is a sci-fi thing, so we're kind of going over that. Guys, I'm going to – I will pimp this series out like crazy because it is, it is great. It's got visuals that are incredible. Poe is amazing. Um, you learn about all the good artificial intelligence. Is Poe the guy in charge of the hotel? Yes. Ah, okay. He's already amazing, and I haven't even learned his name. Yes. Everything about this show is great. Uh, the graphics, you name it. It is, if you like sci-fi, if you like cyberpunk, if you like... Uh, dystopian type futures, but it's not too dystopian in the fact no, that it's, it's, it's it's a lot more up upbeat than the standard dystopian. It's not yeah. like you know terrible. It's it's it's, it's like terrible that the now. rich are in all control. So it's like now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just hitting the nail on the head more. It's not like yes. in the shadows. It's like just blazing lights going. Yep, the rich are in control. Yes, but I mean everything about this show a hundred percent. Binge watch it. It is incredible. I love the crap out of this. I, I Zero really shots of cracking. Yeah, zero shots of cracking. Uh, check it out. And and remember, guys, with the stuff like this from Netflix, if it misses you a little bit, at least watch a couple episodes trying to see if it's your thing. 
because it'll keep Netflix and Amazon Prime and all those guys doing this kind of thing. Yeah, 100%. I hope we get another series out of this. But we want to talk about something that's kind of pissing me off about critics. And, John, we mentioned this kind of before the pre-ramble, and you and I were talking about how the critics are slamming the shit out of this this series. Yeah, I mean, with not even, like, good... With not even good complaints. Um, I liken it to when John Carter came out. John Carter, which is actually a decent movie. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all stuff we've seen before. Well, like, yeah, it's based on a book from 100 fucking years ago. Everyone's already <laughs> stolen bits from this. You can't really hold that against the movie. Mm-hmm. It's being more true to the material. It, yeah, it, it feels kind of Blade Runnery, but, I mean, Blade, it's like saying something cyberpunk feels like Neuromancer. Well, no shit. Neuromancer is the progenitor of all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. If you go out there, if you read enough cyberpunk books, and I've read quite a few when I first got into Shadowrun, Everything is going to seem like, oh, I've seen that before. I've seen that before. You have to enjoy it. And I think the critics are just trying. I, I don't know what the critics are trying to do. They all have their own agenda. Don't ever think that. Yes. Even the guys on YouTube, some of them don't, but most of them have their own agenda. Um, if you ever see the clickbaity, you know, link there saying like, oh, Altered Carbon is just a ripoff of Blade Runner. Don't click that shit. Fuck them. It, now, if you see someone going like, this is my review of Altered Carbon, no clickbaity, take a look at that, because that guy's legitimately reviewing it to get his hits. He's got an ulterior motive, but some of the, it's it's a clickbait world. They want you to click on their links so they get their monies, and they'll say something, they'll hate something just so you can click on them. Yeah, yeah just so they can put a big headline up the top there. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I, 100% go watch it, binge watch it completely. And I'll say this for everything. It's harder for a movie because they're expensive. But if you can get a movie in the cheap theater near you, watch the movies in the cheap theater. Give it a shot. It may not be their thing. It might just be your thing. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Holy moly. Um, I do want to say something because Xander, or who was it? Uh, who brought it up? Ray Bomb brought it up. Um, and I watched it, and the series finale was this week. Um, and if you are not a fan of bad language, oh, disgusting yeah, gotcha. depravity, um, horrible, bad things happening to people, you will not like this. But if you wow. want to see what Deadpool would be like as a detective, you need to watch Happy. Uh, okay. You need to watch Happy. Happy is an incredible. Uh, Chris Molinari, I don't remember that's his last name. He was from uh, Law and Order. Is amazing. So we've already talked about it already once, but the season finale was this week. Hundred percent, go watch that. That show is so damn funny. Uh, the first two episodes had me laughing so loud that I woke people up in the house. Um, it is horrible. It is. They don't pull any punches. They make fun of themselves. I mean, the warning before the show is, do you want to see, like, hookers sniffing crack, you know, or cocaine, (laughs) drunken horses, you know, all this, you know, weird, bad stuff. I'm really surprised they got away with what they did. Uh, But it is really good. Uh, And actually, we've gone quite far over, John. And, And the last note is, go check out the teaser trailer for Solo. It doesn't suck. Yes. Yes. Uh, if you haven't known the Super Bowl show, uh, during the Super Bowl, they showed a trailer for Solo, and it actually looked pretty good. 
yeah, gives me a little bit of hope. Like, I mean, I'm a little worried, you know, whenever you have that, that level of problems in a movie, I get a little worried, but so far it looks pretty decent. Yeah. Everything looks pretty decent. Um, with that said, guys, um, if you've been watching and you haven't followed our channel, please follow our channel. Uh, also, look for us on YouTube. Um, be a subscriber there because sometimes we post stuff that is not on Twitch. Uh, also, look on our Facebook page and check out everything there because that's where we post most of our things, uh, especially any posts about War Machine or any miniature games. It's just quick blurbs. Hashtag uh, hobby streak. Ha and hashtag hobby streak. If you are a hobbying person, and it doesn't have to be... Excuse me, I've been drinking a lot. If it hasn't been... Um, uh, it doesn't have to be painting. It could be playing games. That's part of the hobby. Um, check out the Facebook group, hashtag Hobby Street. Post up there. Uh, everybody likes to see your work. Don't think that nobody wants to see it. Everybody likes to see your work. Help push everybody to do better. Help people to do things. Um, I can't remember who's running that Facebook group, by the way. Uh, it's actually Miles, Necro Miles. Yeah. Running that. I can't remember who it was. Uh, I'm a little buzzed right now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> go and check it out. Uh, the Facebook group, Hobby Streak. Um, it is really good to see what people are doing and see uh, how everybody pushes everybody and provides some information. Um, that way you don't spam other channels. Yeah. Um, what else? I think that's it, John. I think that's it. I think that's a podcast. I think it is. Uh, guys, don't forget to join us next week when we talk uh, with um, everybody to talk about Breach Storm. Uh, check out our Trevor Facebook Atridge. page. Yeah, Trevor Atridge. Uh And a week after that, John will be singing You've Got the Touch. That's so, right. Uh, I'll see you guys in two weeks. Two I get weeks. that next week. I'm going to practice. <laughs> <laughs> So prepare yourself. So other than that, thanks for watching the More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Jacqueline. Have a good night, guys. Night. I didn't know this beer was like 12% alcohol. <laughs> it's a lot of alcohol. Oh. It's a lot of alcohol. I mean, a lot of alcohol. I'm gonna turn it down because that was a little fucking loud. But yeah, I didn't know this thing was like 11 to 12% per volume. And it's a pint. I gotta finish this off. It's really fucking good. I'm about to buy another six pack of this. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. <laughs>